0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Kia ora, and welcome to episode 147 of the Half Measures Podcast. I'm once again joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Kanawa. How are you doing, pal?
1: Good, Dan. I'm good. I can't believe we're still recording. Surely, now this time of year, we should be off work by now. What are we doing here?
0: Well, as you will know, if you refer back to the half measures contract, we do not give holidays, pay holiday pay, actually even pay for that matter. So, what are we working through?
1: (laughs) No pay or holiday pay. What about sick pay? Do I get any... No, nothing.
0: No sick pay, no sick pay. In fact, you know, even that ambulance that you took in last week's episode, you'll be paying for that yourself.
1: <laughs> That's the way it rolls here. Yeah. It's good though, because there is still so much stuff to be watched that it gives us every last opportunity to squeeze every last show and see if there's any possibility of another show that might make it into our top show for the year.
0: I think that's the thing. Well, there's a there's a real pressure right at this time of the year for any last minute shows. Will it make the top ten list? Can I watch it in time? Like if you if you were dropping your content this late in the year, it's at real high risk of not making it onto the half measures top ten list. Real risk.
1: There's a, a massive risk. So let's let's just talk about that quickly. So 1923, our, our Yellowstone prequel, second prequel, that's dropped an episode. You were born in 1923, weren't you? 24 thank you very much
0: okay sorry
1: and uh jack ryan season three drops uh f- has dropped its first episode this week as well dropping it just a week and now we're gonna have christmas and then there's like it is not only not gonna get on the pod it's also high risk that people might not be as you know they're not going for their normal routine to sit down on a wednesday and i think oh i'll watch that next episode of jack ryan well and I think this is where I think
0: Cobra Kai learned its listen right. Like so they used to do the either New Year's Day or Boxing Day kind of drop and I think this is a problem, like, people kind of forget about it. Like, you can't end up, you don't end up putting it on the, you know, the 2023 top 10 because it was actually came out in 2022. You create yourselves all sorts of confusion. And I think the Half Missions podcast is actually pretty generous. Like, we wait till literally the latest possible episode before we start talking top 10. Like, I've seen a number of our competitors, Paul, already with their top 10s out. And, you know, they're, they're at end of November. And it's like, what are you guys thinking? Like, you're not even playing the playing the field. I'd
1: be, I'd be curious to know who our competitors are as well. Also, I've, the, the word pressure you use, I've, you've, you've described this podcast before as a pressure cooker. <laughs> 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 I'd really like someone who's good with art or something to sort of like draw up like an image of you and I like, like we're sort of at, at uh, the Pentagon at DEFCON 4 and it's like a real pressure cooker situation.
0: I think of like I think of us doing our, our top ten, like have you seen there's a, there's a meme of like the guy, I think it's Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's got all the paper on the wall and he's kind of like trying to explain it to people and there's like bits of string going between it. That, that's what pulling together the top ten is like. Chaos.
1: It is chaotic. Pressure cooker. It is, a, a look, the top ten, and obviously we'll talk about that next week, but there are times when I'm sitting there. And it's just on an open tab all day, just staring at me. And sometimes I'll do nothing to it. Sometimes I'll move something in and something out. But it's every time I move something out, there's a feeling of guilt. Crikey, Paul. Well, we better get on with it. Yeah. What have you been watching this week? Well, this week, Dan, uh, I've watched a TV series, a mini series on Disney Plus, or if you're in the States, it would be on Hulu, and... The premise for this TV series is that General Hux from Star Wars takes Michael Scott from the office prisoner and they spend time together in a forced therapy session. So I'm talking about The Patient, uh, which is, as I say, a miniseries, 10 episodes, uh, and if you think, oh, you've given away something well i haven't because this is literally they'd actually drop it in there this is the premise of the of the whole show and it's like episode one we're straight into it in fact that is my first and only criticism of this show is the fact that i wanted a bit of upfront stuff in this show um it literally just jumps straight into him taking him prisoner and i guess that's great in some ways but i just wanted a bit more upfront but yeah a really really interesting miniseries steve carell as the therapist and don hall gleason as the patient and those two together just absolutely superb on-screen chemistry opposite each other like just sort of taking those two people together and wondering what might happen if anyone ever thought that steve carell was going to be typecast as michael scott check out this performance absolutely superb dan
0: that's what I was going to say to you. How is the, the Steve Carell factor? Because the show has been on my, my radar for a little while. But I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit um, weary, I think, after sort of going on to the, the Netflix series around Space Force with S- Steve Carell. And I'm kind of like, this feels like a, a much more serious serious role. And I, I was wondering how it kind of all played off.
1: Oh, yeah, very dark. Um, yeah, mystery thriller is the, the genres they give it, but it's um, – it's 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 at times it's quite brutal um and this is do you know what's funny is i think i would argue for both of these actors neither of whom we've done a peak performance on actually i would say arguably this series could be their peak performance in some respects that's how good they both are um like we've seen steve grow in a couple of movies i guess where he was you know less comedic whatever but this is a real game changer a real like he's got the full beard and the glasses and the grey. So he looks obviously very much different, but he just gives a really authentic performance as to, like if I was imagining myself to have been sort of taken prisoner and put in someone's basement, how, am I, how I might act and what the anxieties I might have might be. He's very, very convincing. Uh, equally, Donald Gleason as the, as the antagonist, as the the guy who's got a lot of issues and takes uh, takes him prisoner he is equally um what's the word It's like there's a terrifying sinister sinister is the word i think it's a real again a lot in their lockers both these guys
0: interesting as well just noting the the length of the episodes like yes. most of them sort of seen in the the
1: 20-ish minute realm that's it but this is the thing that we when we first saw the runtime, i think at first we thought oh is it comedy because typically when we talk about palate cleansers or you know that's the sort of runtime you expect so what made this great even though it's 10 episodes is that you could easily fit an episode in you know here or there or if you're working from home and you've got a lunch time you could easily stick it on over lunch it's or if you're in the evening, thinking, "Oh, I probably haven't got time for one." more with this show, you have—you know you haven't got to start an episode and then finish it the next after you've passed out on the catch or whatever. It's a—it's uh, a really, uh, it's a really interesting uh, idea of having a runtime like this, and I'm not necessarily against it at all because I didn't feel like I lost anything. Each story was shorter because it ran into the next. It was just a clean break. It was great.
0: I'm very interested in this TV show. You've definitely already like bumped it up the list for me. Um, I've got a bit of travel coming up. So I feel like this could be the the perfect um,
1: binge yeah, by the looks of it. I think so. And it, it really kept me guessing throughout. Like you sort of straight away thinking, well, how is this going to end? And yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, there are a lot of things that happen where you're like, oh, if that's going to happen, this might happen. It's, it's, they really don't leave anything to to sort of, um, you know, they, they they don't leave you wanting anything more was my feeling. It's scoring seven out of 10, which isn't as high as perhaps the way I've just talked about it. But I, yeah, I would definitely, definitely be recommending this uh, to anyone who likes a bit of a thriller and is maybe a fan of these actors.
0: <laughs> is it a, a top 10 contender or a surprise?
1: Uh, look, Dan, I, you know, we've got our top 10 kicking off next week and I'm already i mean, already in dire straits in this list and I just, I don't think if I'm going to be honest, I don't think it is going to be it is going to be quite there but that is not to take away from it because as you and I have talked about many times there's so much quality this year that there can only be 10
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice and so
1: whereabouts to can I watch this one Paul? Yeah this one as I say, Disney Plus um, it's a Hulu show um, uh, FX is the production company quality across the board so that's the first thing I've got. The The other thing I've uh, watched, see, I'm back to full health now. You can see I'm back up to two shows. Uh, this is an HBO TV series, which is available here in New Zealand on Neon. And this is the rehearsal. Um, so the rehearsal, the synopsis for this one, Nathan Fielder gives people a chance to rehearse for their own lives in a world where nothing ever works out as expected. Now, the, the, that synopsis in itself or that sort of plot point is kind of one of the most unusual that I've ever thought, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, then I saw all of the ratings coming through. Then I'd see, oh, it's 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Or oh, maybe there's something in this. And I have to say, within the first 10 minutes of the first episode, I, was, I, was, I, I wasn't sure if what I was watching was, was really happening or if it was all scripted or fake that it's the most one of the most extraordinary tv shows i've never seen a tv show like it and i think that's what the appeal of this is it's a really quite unusual thing so are you saying you enjoyed it or i'm, I'm oh, not clear on yeah that? sorry yeah you i wasn't it, very okay. clear on that absolutely absolutely brilliant now this this is in my mix Dan. just to give you clarity straight away this is in Ooh. my mix for top 10 this was I kind of went into this thinking, oh, look, I'll give it a couple of episodes. It's not for me. I'll leave it. And I probably won't even talk about it on the podcast because, you know, sometimes you get an episode in it, what's the point in talking about it on the pod? This, this felt like it might have been one of those for me within the first 10 minutes of the first episode. And then I started thinking, then you start thinking, well, there's no way that can be fake because I've just seen this and I've just seen this. And then you sort of see the lengths at which he's going to, this guy, Nathan Fielder, is very unusual very intelligent very socially awkward very introverted but curious and determined and committed to like taking you know paul and dan sit down to record a podcast and he's thinking about all the variables that may affect that podcast and all the conversation and he'll sort of do like a a flow chart, sort of like pick your own adventure and it just spirals and it's it's there's a mix of – what was that film uh, with Jim Carrey and Ed Harris with, when he was in the in the Dome world, the fake world? Oh, the Truman Show. Yeah. Yep. There's elements of that almost. It's ex- oh. absolutely brilliant.
0: I haven't heard nothing about this TV show, but I have seen a few kind of like – short videos <clears throat> on you know on maybe the, the TikTok with uh Nathan Fielder and they always crack me up and it kind of like that I, I know exactly what you mean by kind of that super dry, super awkward kind of like lovable personality. This I need to watch this immediately. This this is all all the right notes. I love a good HBO original. I'm I'm here for it. I uh, I just I can already like the documentary, the awkwardness. Ah, uh, it's great. I can't wait.
1: Oh, the awkwardness. Yeah, I'm really there for that. I mean, it's you know we've also just quietly in the background instead of re-watching Seinfeld for you know for the however many times that is now. But uh, there's an episode where Jerry and George are like trying to rehearse something before they go out and they're like and it's sort of like sort of seeing that magnified by a thousand times. It's um the effort that he puts in. Is just extraordinary. I think to be a crew member working for this guy would be like a lifetime an experience of a lifetime. Just, just unreal. I don't want to say too much and give away too much, but like it's about human behavior, being able to predict that, or thinking you might be able to predict that, uh, and and then you know, like trying to to go into a situation where you know if you're like if you're a risk adverse person like me. Or if you're a person that overthinks things, or or likes to try and control how a social situation might play out, so you don't get invited to another coffee because you know you're only going to this coffee because you really have to. You know what I'm saying, Dan? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this. I fully believe this show will will hook you in.
0: This is a, a great recommendation, Paul. You've come, you've come in uh, two for two. I'm interested in both TV shows. Clear my schedule. I need to get them in the mix
1: just as well it's the holiday season then because yeah both of these i think would be great and i i look forward to if you check out either or both i look forward to hearing your your say on it but uh yeah it's a uh, i think you need to make it oh, do what you want but <laughs> people who are giving a go you need to make it through the first episode because if you only go in 10 or 15 minutes you might start thinking nah 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 this is this is this this would be like someone saying to you WWF wrestling is is all real. And you're like, no, no, it's not. It's really not. And then you start looking at the way things are playing out. And you're like, oh, actually it is. And then suddenly you're like, oh, it's just blowing my mind. And then yeah. I'll say no more. It's a great fine. It's in my mix for the top ten. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it lands. But this came out of nowhere. And that's the beauty of it. Sometimes you look at something and think, oh, like I wasn't convinced this was gonna be for me at all. And I'm so glad, so so glad I gave it a go. So did you just discover it
0: authentically through like browsing Neon or had you sort of heard about it or seen, seen it by it from your
1: small council or? heard yeah, no, Nothing from the council, heard nothing about, never heard of this guy Nathan Fielder before either. Uh, and then I just, you know, the, the Neon social media is, is quite good and they chuck things up all the time. And I was like, what is this? because I think, you know, I've got time for one more show, you know, and, you know, everything, well, not everything, but a lot of the stuff that we've watched on HBO has always been quite interesting, and, yeah.
0: I just I just imagine, Paul, that you're like um, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino and, like, you're watching, like, you know, like, the, the big title cards of Neon scroll across the screen and you're on your deck drinking your cup. What is that?
1: <laughs> exactly how it happened. And it's funny because to go back to my situation where – I got you know in a bit of trouble last week. I, I haven't returned to the uh, to the city. I've been ordered to work from home, and if I was back, if I was just in the city, I wouldn't have watched this because I, I I downloaded the next season of Doctor Who and I would have been across that this week. But instead, because I've been at home and had a bit more time in the evening, I'm like, well. Let's try something else. Yeah,
0: this is good. I I feel genuinely excited, Paul, because I've been literally thinking what is going to be my holiday viewing, and you've just you've delivered two things. This is the the type of Christmas gift I'm looking for, like recommendations of full season shows that are already out. So good.
1: Merry Christmas, Dan. It's my present to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: What have you got for me?
0: so I've got a a couple of things for you so the first thing I'd like to bring up um, that I've been watching is the White Lotus season two so big 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 fan of the White Lotus season one season two also a very very big fan I absolutely love this series this is it's just so good Paul and I feel like it's one of those shows that's a little bit difficult to talk about because it's just There's so much complexities and there's so much character and and story development, Um, but so the 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 basic premise here, and I'll sort of talk about season one and season two because it's contextually important. Is this each season is about a different White Lotus resort. So the first one was in Hawaii. This one's in Italy, and so there's only a couple of sort of carryover characters. It's not sort of so you really really only have the cast for the season and because the story is very much about the the guests in the hotel mixed in with the the experiences and the lives of the the people that work at the White Lotus and so every like it it kind of follows a similar pattern I think to um to the first season of the White Lotus but this is honestly just as fun we you know, we've been slowly saving this up. This dropped, um, episode, like week by week, on on Neon. We saved it all up. There's there's seven episodes in the season as opposed to six in the first one. Fantastic cast, so so good. So Jennifer Coolidge, she she sort of is the one crossover character from season one and two. Oh absolutely incredible. Can't help but think of her as um, Stifler's mum.
1: Yeah.
0: It's got um and it's, it's got Audrey Plaza, um who you probably know from Parks and Recreation. It's got um a couple of um, other great characters like F. Murray Abraham, who we we know and love from um, Homeland. Also, most recently for me in Mythic Quest. Uh, we've got uh Michael in, in Peroli, how do I say his last name? Michael M. Christopher. Uh, yep. Christopher from The Sopranos, incredible, incredible. It's just such a a wonderful cast. And what's so interesting about these stories is, so there's basically all these, it sort of focuses on the guests, but the guests don't necessarily interact. But sometimes through sort of the story or various events that happen, they might have some interactions, but often it's just, you know, they might be sitting at tables across from each other, but their lives are so intersecting without them kind of realizing it. And it's just a a really fun. I would almost sort of put it in the category of it has the tag sometimes comedy, but it's kind of like drama, mystery, thriller, a little bit of like comedy. But it's such a good watch. Like I I couldn't recommend this TV show more highly. It's it's just got so many great moments. It's really a show that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. You're constantly trying to work out. Uh, what happens? You're constantly trying to sort of like piece together, like who might have done what, how did this person end up in this situation? A hell of a lot of fun. A
1: few things for me, Dan. Firstly, uh, this gets a lot of attention, and a lot of social media, and it get it gets thrown up on our feed a lot. And I think the funniest thing I saw was, and I forget who it was. Sorry, but someone had sort of put on their their, their page. Countries around the world should have to bid on who gets to host the next season of The White Lotus, just like the Olympics. That's how good this show is.
0: I don't think I've heard uh, a TV show as, like, commonly talked about in such a long time, since, you know, kind of the the peak of Game of Thrones or the peak of The Walking Dead, like, mm. so many people. Like, I was, at, I was at dinner last week, and somebody said, oh, have you seen The White Lotus? And five out of six people had seen it. Yeah. And people, oh, don't talk about the last episode, don't talk about-. And, you know, people are, <laughs> are so invested. And, you know, I've had some great conversations about whether season one or season two is better. And they're both just so good, and I think – What was interesting for the first season is, for me, it kind of just came out of nowhere and I kind of knew nothing about it and it was actually recommended to me. Season two, clearly it's kind of ramped up in its um, priority and importance. It's got a a, a sort of far more star-studded cast this time, but I think it still plays true to the... The genre that it's in and the the type of storytelling that it likes to do. And I think as an actor, I would imagine you'd love to be involved in in The White Lotus Season 3, particularly because, you know, new location, Mm. new experiences, new potential. Like, who knows what's going to cross over, but the fact you've kind of got these, like, bookmarked journeys right like if you're with these these couples or these families for like they might be staying in you're staying in um, Sicily for five days you're kind of with them for the five days and you get to experience the highs and lows and the the drama that often often comes with these situations
1: really high rating uh, on some of these episodes two questions for you Dan I'll throw them both at you now in case they intersect one I see it's comedy as a a major tag in fact it's the first tag how how much of the show is it's out in that comedy and how much of it is the other side of it in terms of you're saying or trying to figure out what's going to happen and second question is this a is this a show you're watching with with your parents type show
0: so i i think the the comedy is like it's not slapstick comedy it's more like there might be some um some funny things that happen to people or some like generally laugh out loud or sitting on the edge of your seat kind of like nervous kind of apprehension. I think it's, so it's not, it's not like the office comedy. It's, it's mm. much more serious comedy. Um, I, I would definitely say more, uh, drama mystery with some, with some dashes of comedy and you can't help nice. but have the comedy. Cause I think some of these, these characters are so realistic and unbelievable all mixed together. Is it one for the family? I think it depends, Paul. It depends. Like there's a little bit of nudity in this, in this, TV show, right? Um, and it probably depends on the half metres per metre. So where where do people where do people sit on that meter? Like I think if you've got a a fairly open and adventurous family, you know, like probably pretty comfortable with it. If you've got a look, we like to colour between the lines, and uh, I always color with this is my favorite color pencil because this is what color a fox is then it might not be it might not be for them so i think it's it's kind of um a bit of discretion is probably advised i think if if you could get past that it's worth it's worth the price of admission
1: nicely put nicely put i i do like to color between the lines and i do have a specific pen i use for coloring in a fox so i like that um maybe the crayon is a safer bit um season three is Next year, do you already so? There's no indication as to where it's going to be at this stage. It doesn't sort of set up a, a third season, or
0: um, no. So we we don't know much beyond there'll be a third season, and we don't know if if at all anyone will carry on. There's definitely components of the story which I think are still left open, um, but it's yeah, who knows? I'm I'm so, I'm so glad this is a series that is this, and I think my advice to you all would be I think you would enjoy this. I think this is a, a fun show for. Hmm yourself and the wife. Um, not for one, probably with the kids around, but <laughs> even if you're not going to watch with the parents, I think you'll get a lot out of this one.
1: Excellent. And this one is playing on Neon, is that right? On Neon, season one and two. Very good. You can watch it here right now.
0: I've got uh, one other TV show for you before we talk about our movie of the week is based on your recommendation last week, Paul, I've dived into Welcome to Wrexham. So I'm I'm talking about it um, because I know next week we're going to be doing our our top tens um, and, you know, might give you some time off. I'm still just sort of thinking about it. And so I wanted to sort of talk to you about about this while it's kind of fresh in my mind and I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, when I've finished the whole season. So as I say, I'm about five episodes in on this Disney Plus TV show. And I'm having a great time, Paul. Like I, you know, I've, I fit the brief that you talked about last week where you don't need to be a, a football fan. You you can kind of come into it just for the, almost the love of a good documentary. And kind of getting behind this, this, this town within Wales and sort of a, what I'm presuming, because I haven't done any spoilers, like you said, I'm presuming there's going to be a comeback story, and I think, um, though in saying that, there hasn't really been a comeback to date, so maybe I'm wrong. I think one thing that's been really interesting for me, it's, and I don't know why I've ne- maybe I've just never thought about it, but I think it really shone a light on, I guess, football and football culture that I, and probably sports culture to be honest, and this is probably my own um, naivety is. It kind of made me appreciate why people love sports so much in the sense that the sense of community, the sense of like, almost like their mental health and well-being, and it's not just the game, it's, you know, they're gathering around, you know, whether it's their local pub or at their friend's house, and they're, they're doing something together, and it makes them feel better. that's just something I haven't really thought a lot about, and, and like, I, like I just... And so, yeah, I've really enjoyed kind of having my my eyes open to the, to almost kind of like, particularly with football, like the theme on behind why it's so big and why it's so popular. And like I sent you a text earlier in the week where I guess I'm a Rickson fan now. And I feel like, because I've always wondered, like, if I said to you tomorrow, hey, I'm a football fan now, I, I feel like, do I just, like, does the club choose me? Do I choose the club? Do I put on a, a sorting hat and it lets me know? Like, I, I just don't understand, but I feel like I now, even though I'm only five episodes in, I feel this affinity to Rix. i like I, I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here for you. I support it, and I'm. I just had a great time. So thank you for um, promoting this TV show to me.
1: I love everything I'm hearing, mostly about the fact that you're only five episodes in. Because I would say if I was to split this eighteen episodes, eighteen episode first season into sort of chunks, I'd sort of say it's got the strongest middle um a good finish and the start's okay so if you're only at the start and you're already loving it you're in for uh, it just it just gets better for me so that's that's really encouraging and i know what you mean about this affinity to rexam it's like a like i'm now checking their results and i'm i'm already got one eye on season two thinking no you shouldn't do it you don't you, you don't you want to be able to do the same thing with season two and avoid knowing what happens this time around and and you know where does it go to from here but uh It is that whole community aspect. It is uh, as a TV experience, as I said last week. It's just absolutely fascinating, and the the fact, of course. So I came into it not knowing who Rob McElhenney was, and of course you know exactly who he is, and you're already a fan. So it would be, I imagine, for you, there would be even more there for you as an appreciation.
0: Oh, definitely, and I think. The thing about this is the fact that Ryan Reynolds and and Rob McElhenney are involved in this almost becomes irrelevant, right? Correct. Like, That's right. It, it's in, it's interesting, but I actually don't even really care about the screen time they get, which is pretty minimal so far, to be honest. Like, I'm I'm so invested in the story of this club and how they're trying to turn it around, and what it means to kind of you know shift up through those different tiers of the of the league. It's just it's so fascinating.
1: That's, that's a really good observation because i said last week you know there's very little football but you're right there's way less ryan and rob than you might expect it is the people it is the players it is the staff but it's 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 them talking it's their relationships it's the community it's the pub owner it's the video store owner it's you know the the, the people that help the disabled communities get to the to the games and that sort of thing
0: look there, there's a time ball where you may see me in 2023 with a rickson jersey on just out of pure, pure absolutely stuff, amazing
1: you know. I, and I like,
0: wait it, that. It, and even, like, I've always wanted – this is a really going off topic now. I've always really wanted to get into the FIFA video games, but I, I feel like I've just – I don't really know enough about football. Like, I don't know enough about the players. I don't know enough about – like. but I, it kind of – it's like, oh, this is, this is cool. Like, I kind of – I feel myself wanting to get involved.
1: Yeah. It's you – know, it is it, – it pulls you in. and That's the thing. And you – yeah i mean it happened for me at a very 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 young age and it's it's always been there and uh, i think discovering it now i mean i discovered hockey ice hockey when i moved to canada some 20 odd years ago and uh, as an you know as an adult and and just got pulled into that sport again because of the people around the city and stuff and it's so i yeah i i would love to see you with the Wrexham scarf at the very least
0: uh, look, uh, it's coming, Paul. I think the next question always is, who, like, how do you choose your your next club? Like, how do you choose your your premier club? Like, like what? Obviously, like if you're from the UK, you obviously like you might have an, like I guess like you like in New Zealand, you might be this is the rugby team I support. But I feel like there's different rules in football. Like, you can just you just decide, and then you you like ride or die that team till the end of days, pretty much.
1: My advice, and I'm not going to pull. This rock too far because we will never finish. But my advice is to stay away from the Premier League. My advice is to stick with your lower league, to your grassroots football, to uh, you know find your your local New Zealand team, your uh, that sort of thing. The it's not what it was. It's become a corrupt place. It's become a money hungry place. It's become a place without values that will allow. People with ownership, with with, with all kinds I've, I've of... T- I've touched oh, the nerve. too
0: much. I guess, too I guess, much. Much. I guess I'm... I, I'm some right more die then. That, that, that's me for now, you know. This is good. I'm excited. I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm going to continue watching this. I'll report back once I've finished uh, all of it. We, you're, you've you already said a lot of great stuff about it on last week's pod.
1: But if you're interested in watching this also, you can find it on Disney+. Plus. So good. So, so much more excited about... Ted Lasso, and welcome to Wrexham, than I am about who will win the Premier League or the fact that Argentina won the World Cup this week. It's, it's kind of, this this is way more. This is great. I love that you love this, Dan.
0: What a time. What a time to be alive. So, Paul, shall we jump on in to the
1: movie of the week? Indeed. So, every week, Dan and I take it in turns. We choose a movie. We announce what that movie will be in advance in our Discord community. Uh, which you can join if you'd like by clicking on the link in the show notes and then find out what we're going to watch and then listen to our review a week later. Then this week we have gone with something slightly different to our normal movie of the week. We've gone with Stuts on Netflix.
0: Yeah, so the documentary starts, follows Jonah Hill and his therapist as they have candid conversations of mental health and progressively worsen into anxiety attacks related to movie promotions that have turned his dream job into a nightmare. So this, um, this has been on my radar for a couple of weeks now, Paul. And I, I'm, I was really excited when you, you put it up for movie of the week because I knew that was going to be the, it was going to force me to sit down and watch it. And I've kind of heard little murmurings of you know this is i think jonah hill describes this almost perfectly uh, several times throughout this documentary this is cramming a whole bunch of i guess insights and lessons that that jonah's had on his journey with therapy and i think it's not only that you've got this this fascinating um therapist phil stutz who's who's kind of had this this amazing life and this amazing experiences and he he openly shares that as well and it's a it's a really I think insightful look into I think the therapy process and the I guess also the even though it's more about about Phil Stutz than it is about Jonah Mm. an insightful look into I guess being a celebrity and what that means and sometimes the you know, everyone has different baggage and things that sort of follows them around and kind of like un- unpacking that a little bit was a, I found this fascinating.
1: How about you? Yeah, absolutely the same. Really fascinating. I feel like Phil Stutz, uh, you know, he's he is, as you say, what it's it's really about, hence it's called Stutz. The N is, I guess, Jonah Hill in some respects. That's kind of like, oh yeah, I know Jonah Hill. I'd be interested to hear a bit about his, you know, why he wants to bring this to the screen. I feel like, it, you know, if I'm going to call someone, up if, if I'm going to go to therapy, I'm like, I want Phil Stuts. You know, that's the guy I want to sit down with. Like, he's in this TV show, he said a bar for me. That's like, there's a line, you know, sort of that obviously that there's this is for TV and there's a bit of a jokey nature about it, but like, you know, just his nature when he, he sit, when Jonah sits down and the, he just says to him, you know, I wish you'd stop coming here and dumping all this crap on me. Or, You know, it's like, it's that. That humour deflection that just really opens up the floor. It is absolutely a fascinating insight into into both of them. I feel like the the things that Jonah Hill was bringing to the conversation to 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 why he's sitting down with Phil Stats as well. I feel like they are to some extent some of the things and some of the tools that Stats talks about. that they are things that anyone could relate to and anyone could have. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that we're all having the issues that Jonah's got at all. That's not the case. But there's there's just there's elements of it that anyone could relate to and think, oh yeah, i felt like that sometimes, or oh yeah, I've seen that happen, or. And so, as a human being, you're instantly drawn in because there's things for you to sort of pick up on and learn here, and maybe keep in your own back pocket.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I think. What was kind of interesting about this is you can clearly see through the documentary that Jonah and Phil are really good friends because of this process, and they've mm-hmm. obviously they've shared, Jonah particularly has shared a lot, um, obviously, to get to this level. And it, there's also uh, an undertone of sadness, I think, throughout this entire documentary yeah. um, with Phil and his health conditions and kind of where he's at like I I was almost kind of expecting the documentary to end with a, this is dedicated to Phil Starts Like mm. it kind of mm. ha- had that vibe to it. And I think what's interesting is, you know, a re- when the, when the documentary starts, you know, Jonah talks about, this is kind of what, this is like a recording the therapy session over a day. And I love that they kind of do that reveal midway through to be like, look, we've got to be honest with you that this is not one day. This is, Years of work trying to sort of turn this into uh, an actual documentary, and I, I just love. Um, this is I'm really just ripping into the spoilers. I love that that Jonah rips his wig off to be like, I actually look different now. But I we've been wearing the same clothes and the same the same set for the last two years to make this work.
1: Yeah, and there was an element of. Just as a little length, an element of the the show the rehearsal that came into that at that point when the wig came off and they revealed they were wearing the same clothes and they'd been doing this for months it kind of there was an element of that that sort of linked in uh, there was thankfully no elements that linked into the patient TV show I watched but i I find it really fascinating that they that they A, that they had done it over months rather than what appeared to be a couple of days because it felt like, oh, we'll have a morning session, we'll have some lunch, then we'll record again. Oh, maybe we'll record on Mm. Tuesday next week. Not months in between. It just, you know, and then the the green screens come up and they've recreated everything. It's the lengths that they've gone to to make this, to sort of fabricate that and then reveal that that's what they're doing. It was kind of evolving on the fly. I, um, like, there was... (sighs) It feels harsh to criticize anything about this to me, Dan, because the, because of the nature of what it is. But I guess if I'm honest, I didn't need to, to see them doing things or reveal some things or maybe like, you know, when they're sitting there and they're watching footage of the movie that we've already watched. But it's you know it's a natural process, so my criticism doesn't feel valid because you know it, it, it's what happens. So it's not open for debate. It's it it evolves as you go with it. But I guess I was more fascinated in what Stutz, Phil Stutz was teaching and some of the tools he was putting up there. But the actual process as a design process, if you like, was quite fascinating.
0: Mm. It's interesting. Though. Like I feel like, and you, you're right. Like there's some of the methods that Phil Stutz teaches and talks about, like this is there's parts of this documentary you could easily watch again and take probably different components out of that yeah. for your own life. Um, but there is probably moments that you might skip through that are kind of more of this, this storytelling element that may, maybe aren't so necessary. Correct. And it was interesting, right, because I think Jonah was very much trying to sort of be the interviewer mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, all as you know, when he's normally been interviewed. And every now and again I felt it was, it was sort of funny when – when Stutz would put the questions back on him, being like, oh, well, maybe you need to talk about your brother. Maybe you need to talk about your mum. And he will be like, oh, 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 I don't want to talk about that. We're not here for that. And I and I kind of appreciated the that they actually kept that stuff in because it kind of showed like both the human element to it and this isn't a, a documentary about me. It's not a documentary about my family and my relationships. This is a documentary about you, and it, it kind of takes you on a bit of that journey. But I, I appreciate what you're saying as well.
1: No, I do love how open they both. Uh, throughout this and and how deep they go into anything and then at the same time as you just said where where they don't want to be talking about something they just draw a line particularly Jonah just draws a line and says no we're not going to talk about that and just and just says no and they move on and and I think um that was quite quite powerful in terms of obviously you know th- there's, there's no scripting going on there you know it would be easy to cut and edit that sort of stuff out they're, they're keeping mm-hmm. that that honest journey in there and then when Joan is sort of saying, oh, I've been lying to you about these things, it's, yeah, again, like you don't want to spoil too much. But yeah, I think the rewatch, those things perhaps will be less uh, appealing. But yeah, some of the, the tools or the things that he's like, and you know, his, his little drawings um, are, are quite fascinating, the little cards that he makes. I think the one, just to give people a bit of a taste, perhaps of, of some of the sorts of things, like the one that I particularly like was that um, that Life Force Pyramid. And so he draws this pyramid about things in life that we should, as humans, should work on. And it's only if we work on these three levels that, you know, everything else in life will fall into place. And so you've got the Mm. bottom level of the pyramid, Mm. which is the body. So you can think about sleep and diet and fitness. And then you've got that middle level, which is people and connections and community and relationships. And you have to reach out to people and stuff like that. And then the top one uh, was you you the top, the top one was focusing on yourself and, and actually fostering this relationship with your unconscious or, what, or whatever it was by writing and stuff like that. So there's elements of each one of those that I thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, you know, there's there's times when I think, oh, would it really be that simple? But you sort of feel tempted to – well, I, do, I felt tempted to give it a go.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I think it actually really, I think, peeled the curtain back for me because when – You know when you say things like therapy or counseling or whatever it may be is like it like like I haven't I haven't had any of those experiences I've already got kind of my almost like television movie perceptions of what they are Mm. and I think what I enjoyed about this is like 'Cause I and I kind of just associate like again therapy and counselling with like with pain and trauma yeah. and bad things. But I think what this spun a lot on for me is actually it's actually about well being and about how you need to look after yourself. Like to be a good person you need to have these things intact, like you just meant like you just mentioned. And I think it like it I hopefully I think, you know, one of the, the key takeouts of this and I imagine this is one of the things that, that Joan is looking to do is Kind of demystify what what good therapy might look like.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it does demystify. I think it does make it feel much more relatable to conversations that I don't know. Maybe people are already having in their lives in different ways. I mean, I Mm. my 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 other job when I'm not podcasting, Dan, my day job um, requires a number of conversations with typically my manager, which remind me sometimes of the way Stutz and Jonah were talking in terms of that. Like really, just breaking down what's going on in your life and thinking about well-being and all those things, and I just, I just cannot imagine someone watching this and not taking something away from it or being drawn into the conversation. There's something about the way stats talks as well, and I couldn't place who he reminded me of. I thought he he kind of reminded me of John Turaturo or something. There's a voice, and it will come to me one day. But he's got a really easy voice to listen to as well, and I just found the entire. Process of watching it as interesting as the content of it as well. If that makes any sense,
0: and I I also enjoyed how Stutz was sort of talk about the the concepts of psychology and how over the years he's kind of evolved them to like this is my this is my methods. And I think, Mm. and that's why you know, like you said at the start, you want Stutz. Like I think you're right. Like Stutz is the man. Like who doesn't want Stutz?
1: Yeah, I doubt that. There's many people out there that have an approach like him with like he, he, there's almost elements of him where he almost sounds like a dad shouting it. like he is do what i tell you do exactly what i tell you and you will be fine you know he's kind of got a real sort of but you there's mm. there's, it comes with a, a credibility and a and a trust an inherent trust that i feel like if i listen to what this guy says i'm going to be okay and that's that's mm. the fascinating hook for me i love that
0: uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm fascinated with actually been able to talk this much about this <laughs> documentary. Like it's, um like, you know, because it is one of those ones where often I think with a documentary, you know, uh, you, you take different things out of it. But I think, yeah, this, this is a an all the guns experience for me.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100% all the guns as well. I um, couldn't recommend it anymore. You know, it's only running in at just over an hour and a half. It's a very easy watch. And of course... Jonah Hill was naturally very funny as well. And Stats has got a sharp sense of humor. And so every now and then they're just throwing in, you know, sometimes really inappropriate jokes and just breaking down moments, which I believe is really, I personally believe it's really healthy to to do that when things become really stressful, to to throw a joke in there. It's a bit of a defense mechanism, but it, it just it really helps to keep you just moving along.
0: I particularly love just sort of final thoughts for me on this is when there was a bit of a joke about Jonah's mum and then he's like, well, let's ask my mum when she can't, when she turns up tomorrow and then like it's so good that he literally calls calls out, starts and be like, Oh, did you want to say that thing to my mum? or yeah. Oh it's you, just you
1: it's the it. the banter level there is 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 really high. And um there was another one where they're like, Oh, look, okay, I really love you and he's like, Oh, maybe we should get married and he's like, Yeah, but I want a prenup. I don't know, there's just I'm not doing it any justice when you see it in the moment. It's uh it's yeah, one of in terms of our movie of the weeks of the year, I would I would just have the to top my head with a couple I can think of right now. I'd be, I think I'd be putting it in my top five picks for the year. I, I think in terms of our movie of the weeks,
0: yeah, I, I think easily. I think it's and I think to when you know, you find one that we both that really resonates with both of us. I think is is yes. double points.
1: Correct, correct. If we both give it the guns, that's 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 the signal that should be telling you listeners it's time to watch it.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, Paul,
1: what's your uh, your pick of the week this week? Oh, see, this is where, after saying all those things about stats it feels impossible to not give it to stats But I have to say, to you, Dan, the rehearsal really is is the one that's stuck stuck with me the most in terms of just extraordinary television, and because there's so much more of it, uh, it's that's my pick of the week. The rehearsal. It's a it's a tough one this week, but yeah, I'm going there. What about you? Uh, you're right, like this is I've loved every
0: single thing that I've watched. Um but I think just edging them all out slightly is the White Lotus season two because I you know, I had to admit going in I was sort of thinking, can they strike gold strike gold again? And they definitely have and it's mm. um fantastic edge of your seat watching. So highly recommended from me. Very good. Cool. Shall we uh jump on into the news? let's go Alright, so first on my news desk, we've got a little bit of Avatar. So Avatar, um, I was going to say season two, the, the Avatar 2, The Way of the Water has opened to $130 million domestically, which is the US, and $435 million globally. So it looks like James Cameron, he's done it again. He's on the. He's on the train. It looks like the reviews are looking fairly positive for this movie. I haven't, to be honest haven't looked too deep at them but it's i think it's done enough to kind of spark a bit of interest i i think i'm going to need to check it out
1: i i feel so out of sync with the rest of the world like avatar came out in 2009 and i was just like not across it at all and then all of a sudden i watched it later and i loved it and everyone else had already seen it and now most people most people certainly my small council and a lot of people i talk to are like ah, i don't know but i'm like i'm already hyped i'm gonna have babysitters here in, in january and i'm thinking well i'd like to go to the cinema and this is top of the list for me to go see i've seen some reviews come through saying "Ah, oh, it's what was it it's a wet i don't know like a, a real like real negative hating and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i'm like bring it on i'm i'm excited to see what happens
0: i'm intrigued look and i i came into this also as someone who was kind of like eh, i don't care but i think i think the hype is catching me and it's um it's got me intrigued so I think in the new year perhaps we'll have a uh, way of the water review. Next on the news desk, there has been a lot of news coming out of DC. So Henry Cavill has released a statement that he will not be returning as Superman um, despite donning the cape and the the spandex one more time for Black Adam. So this is all as a result of the the, sh- the various kind of, I guess, shake-up, for lack of a better word, that's happening over at DC. Uh, they've obviously got James Gunn um heading up over there and they're doing a lot of thinking around what are they going to do for the DC universe over the next sort of 10 plus years and I think you know I know there's a lot of love out there for Henry Cavill particularly but you know he's just sort of stepped down from the Witcher um he thought he was coming back as Superman um it's now none of those things but I do appreciate that James Gunn's like I think we need to do something different, and he's kind of stand like sticking to his guns. And I know that's not going to be loved by everybody, but I think it's. Uh, I, I respect him for trying and, and being so bold and so confident to, to do such a thing. To you know, like Henry Avell's wide, widely loved. So, what are you thinking on this one, Paul?
1: Oh, I respect someone to have the, the the guts to go ahead and and do that. It's the wrong decision. There's no two ways about it. The world, the instant that that announcement was made by Henry Cavill, that was it. Everyone was expecting another Superman. Things like Superman are special to people, you know. Mm-hmm. it's it, you, you take that away, and I think you just – you create you – know, I've seen there's all kinds of things people were going to say they're going to boycott this and boycott that. I just think it's been so long – since man of steel so let's forget about the dc universe and all those things that maybe people don't enjoy man of steel as a standalone movie was great and it deserves a sequel i'm i i if you could imagine the that scene in the was it the last jedi or the force awakens where kylo ren starts ripping to shreds the room with his saber it's like i woke up and the first thing i checked obviously his commitment to this podcast is discord and i see a message in there from from one of our members in there so who's james gonna hire the new superman and I, i'm like a, i'm like a nervous shaking back as i'm trying to type in the words and then i'm discovering it and then all of a sudden i'm just like walking around screaming at five in the morning no
0: the the reason i'm uh look i would i want to see uh uh, a sequel to the man of steel yeah yeah i would i think we the reason i'm okay with it is because i feel like if they're like <laughs> he's getting his car keys he's he's about to come over here is i think you know they're thinking long term right and that's that's kind of what marvel did is okay so if we want to do uh we want to do some world building we want a superman that's going to be with us for the next like 10 15 plus years then actually kind of coming at it fresh with a let's tell a young Superman story kind of starts to build that universe, right? Because I think, I don't think if you don't make the separation, then I think you're always going to have the baggage of the past. And I think that's what they're kind of dealing with They're They've kind of got movies that are all over the place. They've got some good, some bad, a lot of mixed reviews. And I think that like it or not, they're they're starting fresh.
1: Are you going to be home for the next hour or so? (laughs)
0: I, <laughs> Not for you, Paul. I'll at the security keep an eye out for you. Uh, um, so, yeah, look, I think there, there's going to be a lot to come out of this. And, you know, we, we've seen this before in the news. Like, you know, Rob Patterson is Batman. Oh, I'm going to boycott it. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to love Heath Ledger is Joker. Oh, terrible. This is ridiculous. No one's going to like it. And I think whoever gets this role, they're going to get the internet hate. Um, they're going to get all the noise about no one coming to see it. It's probably going to be amazing. We're all going to be there for it. And look, the world's going to go on.
1: Correct. Absolutely correct. And I will be there for the next men, But I have no, I, I, I've lost my appetite to watch anything that James Gunn may have in his back catalogue. And I've looked at it. There's not too much there that appeals anyway. So he's lucky he gets away with it. Sick of it! Oh
0: my, the salt! I can, I can, I can see it. All right, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Ch- change, change the subject. So, um, Yellow Jackets. We recently talked about season two is coming uh, early twenty twenty three. It has already been renewed for season three ahead of the season two premiere, which I think is awesome because I think Yellow mm. Jackets is one of those. TV shows with lots of mystery and intrigue, and I love that they're already committing to, to future seasons. Uh, they've obviously know they've got something good, and it, it's been backed accordingly. So at least two more seasons of uh, Yellow Jackets, which is good news.
1: It's the equivalent of getting and a drink at the bar and seeing that someone's already get, you got you the next one in already, and it's like, oh, I can enjoy this one because there's another one coming.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, and then final bit of news for me. So Mythic Quest, uh, uh, one of my favourite TV shows, favourite sort of comedy shows at the moment, is having a spin-off. So there is a spin-off TV show going to be for Apple TV called Mythic Quest Mere Mortals. And it's going to be sort of based around the whole sort of Mythic Quest universe, explore some of the lives of employees and players and and fans of the game. So if it's as good as the Mythic Quest TV show, then look, I'm interested. There's There's some real standout comedy moments in that show. So looking forward to seeing what else they do with that one. Any news on
1: your input? Uh, other than the things we've already talked about, which I I had a hunch you might bring up, and I won't revisit. The only other thing that caught my eye this week was the the new first look at the fifteenth Doctor and companion. Um, just because there's something about a doctor's outfit that's that's uh, that's iconic. You know, it, t- it typically will stay with the doctor throughout their entire run. Jen i a generalization but you know if you think about any of the doctors through history and i just think it's a a really great smart look it has got elements in terms of color and style that remind me of peter cushing's doctor and so just just getting the hype going for the new year and the new doctor's arrival because i've got a few seasons to catch up on in the next few months so that was the only thing that caught my eye this week then um now, over to the mailbag quickly. The, uh, we had the, the creator of The Lincoln Lawyer, um, Michael Connolly, also creator of Bosch, uh, who shared a Lincoln Lawyer post on Instagram, which was good. Uh, the Chris and Sam podcast, which is a fellow New Zealand podcast uh, with a couple of Kiwi guys, um, they decided to trust your judgment then uh, that you made on the pod and will not be watching Harry and Meghan. They said there's so many other things they can waste their time on. They don't want to take a chance of being disappointing um as podcasters you know we also do listen to a number of podcasts ourselves we announced our top three podcasts for 2022 which um is much harder than i thought it was going to be actually just um in terms of you know obviously we don't want to lose listeners to other podcasts but there are some podcasts that we think are worth a mention the top three that you put forward dan was about effing time podcast about watches real ones uh with john bernthell Um, very popular podcast, and Sacred Symbols PlayStation podcast. My three were the Quickly Kevin 90s Football podcast, Time Travelling Team podcast, Doctor Who podcast, and Mission Log podcast, uh, Trek Week-by-Week Adventures. Um, All of them great podcasts. Uh, A lot of those podcasters shared their appreciation of getting the award, a lot of excitement, as you can imagine, Dan, the hype of winning one of our awards. Uh, We even had Norman from Mission Log uh also really appreciate your choice of about effing time as well he is a very big watch fan collects many watches and so i think he signed up to that one on your recommendation and oh, what awesome. else have I- Oh, the peak performance for last week so we had mary elizabeth Winstead. uh so some suggestions this week dan peter from germany uh went with fargo and death proof both of those already on our watch list or have watched dean eaton uh artist on instagram Went with Brain Dead and Fargo. Haven't seen Brain Dead. Uh, Andrew from Goldcrest Productions in London went with The Thing, Birds of Prey, and a peak performance for him of Kate. Haven't seen Kate, but Kate was also a pick for uh, uh, Michael Chalmers from North Carolina, who gave us Three to One of Kate, Ten Cloverfield Lane, and peak performance was Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Paddy. From Time Traveling Team Podcast 321 of The Thing, Death Proof, and also Scott Pilgrim versus The World. So, the five suggestions there, most of which we've seen, but yeah, Kate and uh, Braindead, those are new to me, Dan. Very good. I
0: love getting some new recommendations. I love sharing some love with our fellow podcasting friends. So, good mailbag. Shall we jump on into our peak performance for the week?
1: Let's go. So, yeah, like our movie of the week, Dan and I take turns each week to pick out someone from the movie TV industry and try and pick out what we think is the best thing they've done so far. This week, Dan, Aaron Eckhart.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, um, yeah, a couple of interesting movies in there. So I think for me, for Honourable Mention – I can't go past the, the 2005 classic Thank You for Smoking. This is a fantastic sort of comedy drama uh, where Aaron plays a a spokesman uh, on behalf of Big Tobacco and he's just just sort of watching him, um, you know, work with, you know, guns and alcohol and, and still try to champion smoking. And I think, you know, in 2005 was, you know, still a time when smoking was fairly commonplace. I, I feel like... I don't even know the last time I saw someone in real life smoking. <laughs> uh, but you you, know, you you see it all the time obviously still on on movies and TV shows. But it was just such a uh, eye-opening fun watch and I think just seeing how the mechanics of, of being a spokesman for for someone for someone like the cigarette industry, absolutely fascinating and I think Aaron just played this this great role of a Kind of lovable guy, but doing a a bit of a, a dastardly job, mm. and so that's my honourable mention. For peak performance, I I can't go past it. Paul, 2008's The Dark Knight. I think um, Aaron's role as um, as as Harvey Dent so well done. I, I thought in a in a movie that's already jam packed mm. with stars and great characters that he still kind of really owned, owned Harvey Dent slash Two-Face is as a credit to him, the the the, the acting, the I think that the props and the makeup people just did such a wonderful job on a modern-day Two-Face that it still sort of remains haunting, that first reveal. Mm. Um. So, yeah, peak performance for me, The Dark Knight, 2008. How about yourself?
1: I was kind of sneaky. I was really hoping you'd go first because I was on the fence and I'd made my mind up now that you've made your choices, because I wanted to make sure certain things got mentioned, because Thank You for Smoking was a contender. But for me, I'm now going with an honourable mention of Harvey Dent in 2008, The Dark Knight, because, yeah, just like you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think in amongst such an extraordinary cast, it would have been really easy for Aaron Eckhart's performance to perhaps get lost in amongst, you know, just take a look at that cast and some of the roles in there. But, you know, taking on this role, which uh, for me my my sort of knowledge of that character was really limited to what i'd seen billy d williams bring as in that dent role so briefly in the 1989 movie and this is a big character cog in this movie and i think he plays it superbly and i still remember all the viral marketing that went on back then if i you know i think it was i believe in harvey dent um it was one of the first movies that sort of had a hashtag and it was it was he was just great and i think um even though you know thank you for not thank you for smoking others you know, this is the first movie i could really remember him for and actually like that's oh yeah aaron Eckhart was great in that and i think you're right i think the special effects still hold up today some 14 years later that reveal of two-face is spectacular so yeah that's my honorable mention but my peak performance when you put this forward and I looked at my phone, and I saw an eric Aaron, I, I It was like three seconds and I knew it was going to be my peak performance. And that is 2016's Sully. And this is, I am just a massive, massive fan of the movie Sully. And I would, I would say it's possibly one of my, possibly one of my top 10 movies of the last decade. It's, and obviously this is a movie about Sully and, and Tom Hanks by Sully, as we all know, but Aaron Eckhart plays, plays Jeff, the co-pilot, and you know, he's, he's there with him in the air, he's there in the courtroom, he's then in the hotel, and he's always at his side. It, you know, uh, he also has the most pilot of pilot mustaches I've ever seen, but um, he's just superb in this. And this, if they'd miscast someone in this role, I don't think it would have been as great, because it, 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 you know this, the character really needed that co-pilot to be strong and Aaron Akka is terrific in this. And, um, yeah, I think to, to, to have such a strong feeling of his role and his performance in a movie that Tom Hanks has given this extraordinary performance was is credit to, to Aaron Hackett. So that's my pick, Stan.
0: Great shouts, Paul. Great shouts indeed. Um, Seeing you coming over here to read me the right act. I've never seen Sully.
1: Dan. And that... I feel like there's some. There's a, I think there's a Tom Hanks problem here because I've made a note. I've made. I've got a little black book mm-hmm. here of making notes. Apollo thirteen, Sully. What else do I need to be aware of? Do you know? I think there's probably almost a
0: podcast of like movies I should have seen but I haven't. And it's, I feel the same with like video games. Like there's there's like core video games that are super popular that I feel like as a gamer I should have played but I haven't. There's core movies I should have seen and I haven't.
1: So. Um, maybe a future episode. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it whilst on a flight if you're thinking of doing it over the summer break, but, um, I definitely think you'll get a lot out of Sully. As I say, it's potentially in my top 10 for the last decade. Decade. I, I, I've wow. watched it. I've watched it at least twice, maybe three times.
0: Good chat, Paul. Well, that probably brings us to the end of another episode of the half measures podcast.
1: Does indeed. Thank you very much for listening in this week. And, uh, have a good week ahead no matter what you're celebrating or not celebrating you have a great holiday hopefully some time to kick back and relax and hopefully you'll be around next week to join us for our top 10 tv series podcasts
0: Indeed. Also, a very special um, thank you to our Patreon producers, Samara Whiting King, Diana Kanawa, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the show, then you can find the details in the show notes below. But as Paul said, whatever you're doing this holidays, we hope you have a good one, a safe one. And until next week, everyone, adios.